0: Let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Well, i want to say good morning to everybody here in this room. Uh, my name is Brett Corton and I have the privilege of working here at the Menlo Park campus with our middle school and our high school ministries and with our incredible student ministry staff here and at all of our campuses. We're in week two of our legacy series in which we are talking about the reality that our lives are not lived in a bubble, but instead the decisions we make, the way we live our lives create these ripples that for better or worse shape our legacy. And just as a fun little example of this, let's take Marvel movies. How many of y'all have seen the Avengers Infinity War? A lot of you. And that's no surprise because recently, Infinity War became the quickest movie ever to bring in $1 billion, doing so in just 11 days. Like, that is unbelievable. And other companies have seen this and they're like, they're onto something. Let's try to do this for ourselves. And how did they do that? Well, over the past 10 years, Marvel has been creating this entire cinematic universe with different characters, interweaving stories, top of the line special effects, top notch acting, all leading up to this movie. And it worked. Like I said, now other companies are seeing this and like maybe we should cash in on this as well. And they're starting to do the same. And whether you like the movies or not, or like this strategy or not, there's no denying that Marvel has created a legacy, and it's going to be impacting movies for years to come. Or let's take this tree. When you see this tree, what comes to your mind? Some of you, it might be the fruit that it'll produce. Of course, unless I'm planting the tree, then it won't really produce anything. It could be a hammock that one day you would tie to it. It could be the shade that it'll create. See, there's no denying that a tree is gonna be around for a long time and it can be used for many different things. A tree has a legacy that will last for a long time. But a tree, it doesn't start like this. Instead, a tree starts as this, a seed. See, every, for every tree, there's a seed. For every Infinity War, there's an Iron Man. For every legacy, there's a beginning. This weekend at all of our campuses is Student Weekend, Senior Weekend. And Senior Weekend is all about the legacy of the church. However, Senior Weekend isn't about this. It's not about a finished product. It's not a weekend that we come together to celebrate how great students are or to recognize their accomplishments or talk about the great things that they're going to do. No, instead, Senior Weekend is about this a beginning, a beginning of how God is working in students' lives to shape the legacy that is to come. And so over the next 30 minutes or so, you're gonna be hearing from a number of our students as they share their stories about how God has been working in their lives. And as they do, I wanna encourage you to listen with an open heart and an open mind to see what is it that God is teaching you through them. Because I can promise you that each one of them has a story that we need to hear. And so we're gonna get started right away with our first student. We have Veena Lee, who's gonna be coming up. So can you guys give Veena a round of applause? (laughs) Well, every legacy has a beginning. You just heard from a number of our students as they shared about the beginning of their stories and the moment or the moments in their lives where they saw themselves and they saw God differently and their new story began. So the question for you and here, for all of us, where does your legacy begin? We are all leaving a legacy whether we like it or not. Where does yours begin? About 2000 years ago, a fisherman named Peter along with some of the early followers of Jesus started the church in Jerusalem on a day that we call Pentecost. And as Dave said earlier, we are actually celebrating Pentecost across the globe this very weekend. It's the day that the Holy Spirit filled up Jesus' followers and they went out that day and in the years to come to tell people about life with Jesus and invite him into this community. And now 2,000 years later, here we are. And you talk about a legacy. But for Peter, that day wasn't his beginning. Peter's tree had already begun to grow. His seed had already been planted. Because about two years earlier, Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee when we read in Matthew's telling of Jesus' life that he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Immediately, they dropped their nets and they followed him. Now, for a brief moment, I want us to look at this passage and try to understand a little bit about why would somebody stop everything, drop everything in an instant to follow Jesus? Well, back in those days, life of a fisherman was pretty challenging. It was a job that was basically 24-7, 365. You'd spend your nights on the sea catching fish. Then you'd spend your days underneath the hot sun, fixing your nets, just prepping for the next night. In that community, though their job was something that was necessary for the local economy, when people saw them, they didn't really see them with much respect, didn't really view them with high regard. Most most fishermen were fishermen simply because it's what their family always did, and that's what they would always do. And now let's add Peter to this story. We know that Peter was likely in his early 20s, and we read from other stories about Peter that he's impulsive. He's unstable, he's outspoken, and he's strong-willed. Now, if you were going to start a church, would you pick this guy? If you were to ask somebody at that day, what kind of legacy would Peter leave? Most likely they'd say, well, not much different than any other fisherman. Maybe he'd leave a boat or a good job, or maybe he'd be remembered for a legendary catch he had one night. But what we remember him for today Absolutely not. So what changed? What changed to move Peter from fisherman Peter throwing his net on the shore, from the shore to starting the church Peter who we remember today? It's simple. Jesus entered his story. You see, when Jesus saw Peter, he didn't see what the rest of the world saw. He didn't see his current job. He didn't see Peter's accomplishments. He didn't see his failures or his GPA. Oh, when Jesus saw Peter, Jesus saw someone he loved. Jesus saw somebody that he wants to spend his life with. Jesus saw Peter as someone who was made for so much more than fishing. He saw Peter. He knew Peter and he invited Peter to follow him. Now, have you ever had a moment in your life where maybe you're feeling down on your luck, or um, maybe you're stuck in the same old, same old, and all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, I think you would be really good at doing this one thing. And then all of a sudden, just those simple words change everything. Like your mood changes, you get excited about it. When I was growing up, I was a swimmer and I can still remember my freshman year sitting at our league city swim meet when after one of my races, this guy came up to me who was like just a legendary swimmer in our state. And he goes, hey man, you know, that was a pretty good swim. You should really think about joining our club team. And I remember sitting in that moment, just sitting there like looking at him and being like, what, you, you you're talking to me? Me, you saw me swim. You, one of the best swimmers in the country. You see me, a tiny prepubescent kid from an eight person team, and you think I could be part of your team? Do you actually think I'm good enough? I imagine this is a little bit of how Peter was feeling that day when Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, follow me. What, Jesus, me? Me, you're you're talking to me, Jesus. Jesus, I've seen you this past year. I've seen you teach. I've seen the things you do. And you want me, a fisherman? You've gotta be crazy. But you see, once again, Jesus didn't see Peter the way that the world sees Peter. Jesus doesn't take the greatest and make them perfect. He takes the broken, the rejected, the average, and he builds a legacy. Peter, I see you. Peter, I know you, Peter, follow me. Every legacy has a beginning. Once again, we are all leaving a legacy whether we like it or not. The question is, where does yours begin? Maybe for you, your legacy is rooted in a desire to make your name great or a desire to be known. Maybe for you, it's found in your kids and I hope that one day they will succeed. Maybe you're in here and you feel like you're still standing on the shore throwing your net into the sea. Whatever it is, I want you to know that when Jesus sees you, he sees what he saw in Peter that day and what the people who stood up here today have discovered that he doesn't see you as your job successes or your failures. He doesn't see you as your, your resume or your job title. He doesn't see you as the good things that you've done or the bad things that you've done. He doesn't even see like the ways you're gonna mess up in the future. If you read Peter's story, you find out that Peter denies Jesus. You find out that he cuts off somebody's ear, that he runs when things get tough. But yet Jesus saw him and said, Peter, follow me because it's not about you, but it's about you letting me plant the seed and begin the work in your life. Follow me and I will build the legacy through you. See, when Jesus sees you, he sees the same thing he saw in Peter and he gives us that same offer. Will you follow me? Will you let me take your seed? and follow me. And, you know, once we answer that call for ourselves, we begin to realize that this isn't even just about us. Henry Nouwen, Allen, a priest and theologian, once said, once we deeply trust that we ourselves are precious in God's eyes, we're able to recognize the preciousness of others and their unique place in God's heart. We begin to see ourselves differently. We begin seeing others and the world differently. Did you realize that every single day you pass countless numbers of kids and students who are standing on the shore, throwing their net into the sea, wondering, do I matter? Where do I belong? What is this life all about? My question is, how will you see them? Will you see them as the group of people that you don't understand? Or will you see them as a group of people that you wanna know? Will you see them as who you hope they become? Will you see them as who Jesus created them to be? Or will you see them as one youth pastor in Atlanta said, a problem to be solved? Or will you see them as a beauty to behold? See, Jesus saw Peter and 11 other teens and young adults, and he said, I want to build my legacy through you. Come and follow me. What if this church became a place where every single student knew that they belonged here because there is a God who loves them, who sees them and invites them to follow him. Parents, what if as you're taking your student to tutors or to uh, practice or helping them study for a final, you just stopped for a moment and said, hey, I love you. And I want you to know that there is a God who loves you for who you are. I wonder how that would change things. What if when we showed up at church on Sunday, you took it upon yourself to high five every single kid and student you saw just to let them know, I see you and I am glad that you are here. What if before uh, making judgments about students based off of what we see in the news or what we see walking down the street, we actually took time to stop and to listen to them? I see what happened in Santa Fe on Friday and what's been happening across our country. And I'll tell you that it breaks my heart to know that there are students in this world who are in so much pain that they feel like they need to resort to violence. And it breaks my heart even more to know that there are now students who are living in fear, wondering, is this gonna happen to me? Church, that is not okay. And I can tell you that when God sees those students, it breaks his heart as well because we were never meant to live this way. He sees those students, he knows those students, he loves those students. And church, students are crying out to be heard. And if the church isn't the people who is stepping into their lives, who's listening to them, who's loving to them, who will? My hope isn't that every single person in here joins our student ministry. I don't know some of you, that wouldn't be a good idea, trust me. But what I do hope is that Menlo Church becomes a student ministry. That we become a place where every single student knows that they belong because there is a God who sees them, who knows them, who loves them, and who invites them to follow him. Because that's the same way that God sees us and he invites us to be part of the legacy that he is creating. Every legacy has a beginning. For you, for me, and for students, it begins when we take this seed, we give it to Jesus, we let him plant it, and we follow him. Will you guys pray with me? God, we love you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that just as you took Peter 2,000 years ago, God, you invite us to be part of what you're doing here. God, we thank you that we have life in you. God, I thank you that you are the God who gave your life for us, that you loved us so much that you stepped into this world so that we can know life with you. And that when you see each one of us, you say, I love you more than anything. God, I ask that this week as we leave here, God, that you give us your eyes, that we see kids and students and see everyone we come in contact with the way that you see them as people who you are hoping and desiring to start building a new legacy in their lives. God, we love you. In your name, amen.